A new world is emerging. It is a new world order. To build back better or whatever. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. To be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one. We've got to get them vaccinated and hopefully they will do it willingly. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. This is Connect Those Dots. Genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. Well, hello there, fam, and all of you beautiful little dot connectors out there, and welcome to another episode here of this humble little podcast, Connect Those Dots, and I am your humble little host, Joe, and on this podcast, what we do is we take the stories that are going on all around us, all the time, all the narratives, all the trends, and we pick one for the week, and we dive deep into it, and we play clips, and we hear quotes, and we understand where it came from, where it's going, and how these stories always f- tend to find themselves intertwining with each other, tend to find themselves in intersections with each other, tend to connect. Hence, connect those dots. But this week's going to be a little bit different. Every week, I see what's going on, I hear the stories, I read the headlines, I dig in the crates I live and breathe it every single day through the week trying to find what's the story that's really affecting me this week what do I want to talk about on the podcast for this week which topic which trend which story do I want to sit there for the week and gather all the knowledge that I can about absorb and immerse myself in it as much as I can for the week so that I can go into the week's podcast and be as credible of a source as I can and be as confident in myself as I possibly can to break down the information and display you the evidence and give you the analysis in a proper fashion. But this week was just tough. This week there was just so much going on. This week was, it was annoying. Some weeks are tougher than others. It's hard to determine. Sometimes I'll have an idea what I want to dive into. Some podcasts, the morning of when I wake up to record, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. But this week, I just had too much. So we're going to get into three different big sort of viral topics that really made their ways through the consciousness of the people this week. And of course, we're going to analyze them. We're going to break them down. We're going to see how they all connect, and we're going to see how they all play into the overarching Great Reset endgame. It's a big effort to, some would say, to build back back better. We would say to really have a great reset. So I'll start off with 
the meme of the week, the meme of the time, the new current thing, the new thing that everybody's talking about, the shocking clown world, slap in the face, wake up call reality that we all live in. If we ever thought it was getting normal, (laughs) we are reminded day in and day out, and especially with this one, truly how clowny the world actually is. And I'm talking about the gas stoves saga that we now find ourselves in. And I'm sure you've heard all stories about it. I'm sure you've seen the memes. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to break it down for you and... If you're a listener of Connect Those Dots, if you're a dot connector, if you understand the true end game, the true plot of this great reset, the true goals that the people up high have planned for society as a whole, global society, this comes as no shock to you. It's it's silly and goofy that wow, like I can't believe we're actually here. But it doesn't shock you. I mean, does anything really shock you anymore? I don't really get shocked by anything anymore. But that's besides the point. This is all about the green new, build back better, sustainable this, buzzword that. Right? There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. We need sustainable energy sources. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. We need to get away from fossil fuels. We need to minimize our carbon footprint. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. We need to trust the science. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. How dare you? How dare you? It's just the latest climate target that they can... just, Just something that's in the conscious of the human being. First, it was your gasoline... Your gas, your, your gas car, you know, obviously the way you get around everywhere in this world, your gas car, they demonized that and said that we need to do a transition. You need to get an EV. Pete Buttigieg, Jennifer Granholm, they're on TV giggling about how you need to get a, a, an electric we car. We obviously are all in on making sure that we meet the president's goals of getting to 100% clean electricity by 2035 and uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so that people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. Then it was the cows and the farming and how farmers are bad, just like we see in the Netherlands and how the World Economic Forum literally boots on the ground, goes in like thugs, like mafiosos. And says, you can't farm here, bruh, because of, uh, yeah, climate change, because of your emissions, because of your carbon footprint, because of your cow farts. And that's where we see all the nonsense about the, the cow farts. Do you believe cow farts are melting icebergs? Cow farts are not the problem. It's actually burps. Dude, it's that's meth- hilarious. And don't let me get started on the cow farts. It's just the most bogus thing. They think you're so stupid. They literally shove a tube inside the cow that's attached to a bag that the cow farts into to catch the gas 
the carbon, the methane, the whatever they want to say that's destroying the earth. Cows have been on this planet. I mean, why stop at the cows? Don't zebras fart? Do lizards fart? Do rabbits, do squirrels, do deer, do elk, do bears? I'm sure bears have some gnarly ass farts. Wolves? Should we just find every animal in the wilderness and attach an ass, an ass tube to them to catch their farts, to stop climate change, to save the world while they fly on their private jets and say, oh, I'm important, I'm, I'm fighting climate change, that's why I can fly on a private jet, but you can't have a gas stove now. Now here we are, the climate cult, the climate zealots, now they've worked their way into your home. First it was your car, then it was your food, now it's your actual shelter. And of course, this is nothing new. If you're a dot connector, if you know what's going on in the world, you understand that in Europe, that they already have carbon rations. They already have limits to what temperatures they can heat or cool their homes to. Their smart meters are already locked for them. They're already restricted. Spain is applying energy-saving measures from this evening in light of a potential gas shutoff from Russia this winter. Offices, stores, bars and restaurants will not be allowed to have air conditioning systems below 27 degrees in the summer. In winter, public premises will not be allowed to turn up the heating above 19 degrees. It's already in place. That's why they removed all of the manual thermostats, the old school thermostats. Why they, that's why they replaced them with smart meters and all of the apartments and all of the new homes and all of the new office buildings and all of the new properties. You have to install a smart meter that's connected to the internet as your thermostat. And then, obviously, who, who would have thunk, just like we see in Europe, they can manipulate and restrict the capabilities of using these smart meters. All for carbon, all for climate. And as we've detailed on Connect Those Dots, they've been running the climate scheme, the climate hysteria, for almost 100 years now at this point. And all of their projections, all of their predictions, all of their oracle doomsday apocalypse prophecies have not come true you can listen back to my episode called the non-existent climate crisis if you want to know more about that and how in just for an example in the 50s they were saying by the 80s the entire island of manhattan would be underwater because of global what were they calling it at that point? They were calling it global cooling. They were calling it global heating, global warming, the ozone, acid rain. All of their little predictions never came true. And now they just they just use an ambiguous sort of general statement and call it climate change. Yeah, the climate does change. It's always changed ever since the earth has existed. They don't need to prove anything anymore. They just say climate change. And if any weather happens, period, it's blamed on you, the human being. It's blamed on your car. It's blamed on your cows. It's blamed on the meat that you eat. It's blamed on now your gas stove, now your air condition, now your hot water heater. And it's all just attacking the human experience, vilifying you, 
slamming the gavel, being judge, jury, and executioner for the human being, saying you just existing is destroying the planet. And that's why there's all these things, eat the bugs, live in the pod. You see all these weirdo climate activists going into grocery stores, pouring the milk on the floor, going into art museums and defiling legendary pieces of art, super gluing themselves to the street to block traffic. And it's all this climate cult. There's all these different cults. That's what I was talking about last week's episode. That's what I talk about pretty much in every episode is how all of these doctrines are cult-like in their mind control sort of techniques of how they are able to truly win over the person that they're targeting so that they're willing to do things like go to art museums and duct tape themselves to the street to stop traffic and all the other things and and, and eat, eat vegan Food, period. 3D printed processed meat. Ugh. So it's it's cult-like. It's Jim Jones Kool-Aid level. In all aspects. From the climate, to the COVID, to the vaccines, to the whole trans pride LGBTQABCDIAP plus agenda. And of course, for the whole stand with Ukraine agenda. And this brings us to our second big viral topic for this week. If uh, you're a person with a life, you probably weren't aware that the Golden Globes happened last week. I certainly wasn't. I certainly had no idea. But you know how I found out? was when I saw that Volodymyr Zelensky, the modern-day, what do they call him, modern-day Winston Churchill, the modern-day George Washington, the modern-day Leonidas of Sparta. This is Sparta! Volodymyr Zelensky, who pretty much has one outfit, He reminds me of, like, a cartoon character, Volodymyr Zelensky. You know how, like, a cartoon character only wears the same outfit all the time? Like, Peter Griffin only has the same white shirt and green pants and brown shoes. Patrick Starr only wears his his pothead shorts. You know, South Park, all the characters always... Stan always wear red and blue. Kyle always wear orange and green. Volodymyr Zelensky is like a cartoon character. He never changes outfits. I feel like his closet, he just not even a closet, they just have endless supplies of black, gray, and olive green hoodless hoodies and cargo pants for him and boots. They just have them coming in, and whenever he's done with it, they just take it from him and throw them in the garbage. They never even wash it. Every time he wears a new one, it comes straight out of like a new vacuum-sealed package for Volodymyr Zelensky, the modern day. King Arthur. But he's so embattled. He's so entrenched in war. He's such a hero. He's got his ass on the line for the Ukraine. He stands for the Ukraine so much that he's able to hobnob and create some silly little pre-recorded message for this goofy, self-indulgent, 
Hollywood ass kiss fest that nobody even cares about anymore. I asked people, I was like, yeah, did you know the Golden Globes happened? I had no idea. Did you see Volodymyr Zelensky on the Golden Globes? What the hell is a Golden Globe? So that just goes to show, besides Zelensky, Hollywood is just dying. They don't make any good content anymore. All of the actors are leftists that hate me. If you want to know what your celebrities truly feel about you, they hate you. Especially if you're a dot connector. Especially if you have critical thought. Especially if you don't believe what the establishment tells you. Because they are the establishment. They're the the good cop, almost, of the establishment. They perform for you. They glitz and glamorize for you. They look all opulent and nice and cool. They let you check out. They let you take the blue pill. But they're all just beholden. They're all just on the payroll of whomever pays them, whomever butters their bread. That's why everybody's sponsored by Pfizer. That's why we see people like Pink and people like Charlie Puth and people like Kelly Rowland do blatant sponsorships with Pfizer. Because these they're, they're, they are people, right? Just because they're celebrities doesn't mean they're not people. And what are people so attracted to in this world? Money. So they get thrown money at them and, hey, pink. Just because you're pink, I want you to tell people to go take the jab. And we'll give you money. Just because you, I guess, made music? I don't know who really likes your music. I never met a Pink fan in my life, really. I don't know why she's played on all the hits channels, but whatever. I digress. Again, I don't want to get into name calling. But we see that these celebrities are all bought and paid for. And a lot of them sponsored by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. But Hollywood's dead. Hollywood's dying. So nobody cares about celebrities anymore. And it's, it's actually a beautiful thing. I love it. Because I'm one of those people that has really been snapped out of the whole Hollywood matrix. But the Hollywood Matrix still rages on. And they had Volodymyr Zelensky to appear at their... It's like the bootleg Oscars, the Golden Globes. It was the 80th Golden Globes. Isn't it great? No one cares. No one ever cared about the Golden Globes. But I do care because we got this beautiful little cringy clown world gem. And just like the... Stove's story before, we are once again smacked in the head and reminded just how clowny the world that we live in is. Here's Sean Penn at the Golden Globes giving this just clown speech introducing Volodymyr Zelensky. And I'm going to cut in and out to break it down because I, I can't just let this play without me interrupting it. If the freedom to dream were a spear, I proudly present... <laughs> A human being who tonight represents that spear's most honed tip. <laughs> Dude, like nobody talks like that. Only weird people, Hollywood type people, scripting something out talk like that. It's just the it's just so cringy and overwritten. 
just overwriting, overemphasizing, over-exaggerating. Sean Penn talking about freedom, first of all. Same guy that tells you, F your freedom, you better get that injection. Same guy that tells you he wants mandates, he wants V passports, and he's talking to you about freedom now. Again, I feel myself getting angry. He's sitting there sweating with his dilated pupils staring right into the camera, and I'm not accusing Sean Penn of using drugs, but just making an observation. Okay. Okay. And he's talking about freedom and how Volodymyr Zelensky is the tip of the freedom spear. <laughs> I mean, it's just so goofy. And there we go. Now he calls up Volodymyr to the Zoom screen, and here's what Zelensky says in his pre-recorded canned speech where he's reading off of a teleprompter and reading off of a script. In his hoodless hoodie. Ladies and gentlemen, dear participants of the 80s Golden Globe Award Ceremony. It kind of took the crowd a, a, a few seconds to even realize who that was. <laughs> it took like a good four seconds for the crowd to actually start cheering and, je and ooing and awing at the image of the modern day Alexander the Great. But here we go. Here's the statement from Zelensky that, that, that just floored me and put my jaw on the floor. The First World War claimed millions of lives. The Second World War claimed tens of millions of them. There will be no Third World War. It is not a trilogy. Ukraine will stop the Russian aggression on our land. We will make it together with a whole free world. And I hope that all of you will be with us on the victorious day, the day of our victory. Slava Ukraini. I mean, there's there's just so much, like, cringe in that whole moment. First he says, World War One killed so many people. World War II killed even more people. But it is only a sequel. It will not be a trilogy. You see right there, the scriptwriter for me tied it back into the whole movie thing. So isn't that very great for you little Americans, for you stupid Americans, right? Your movies, trilogy, sequel, you get it, ha ha ha. But don't worry, there won't be any World War Three. We are beating Russia. Me, Zelensky. And just like Sean Penn said, I am freedom. I am freedom. Even though I shut down my opposition parties in the Ukraine, I send my military to shut down media organizations that talk bad about me, and you can't say anything bad or contradictory about the uh, fight with Russia. And if you say anything good about Putin, uh, then we will have you thrown in concentration camp, but I, I am freedom. Sean Penn tell you I am freedom, stupid American. Stand with Ukraine. Stand with Ukraine. And there's my little uh, Zelensky impression. <laughs> but really, though, that's what it is. That's what's going on there. That's what's going on at, these, at the Golden Globes. They have no self-awareness... They'll inject their propaganda into anything. They never not see an opportunity to slap you over the head with falsehoods and jack your mind and infiltrate your consciousness. So you think you're sitting there just watching some dumb 
silly award show, if you're still into this Hollywood nonsense, you're trying to blue pill, you're trying to just relax, kick your feet up, and then you get slapped over the head with Ukraine propaganda. And they give you no alternative school of thought when they display this for you. He's he's introduced by Sean Penn with this emotional, overwritten, philosophical speech. And he's brought up there on this giant screen like a deity. And you're told to clap for him. You hear the audience clapping for him. So you as an audience member not, might not know anything about Ukraine. Might not know anything. May have been completely divorced from it. But now since you're just trying to watch an award show. Trying to enjoy the celebrity life aspect. Trying to live through the celebrities. I don't know what it is anymore. Why people even care about celebrities. But whatever. You're watching it. And now you're all of a sudden just... Shown the protagonist of this war story. Putin bad, Zelensky good, because Hollywood tell me so. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But where does this go, even? Where, what happens here with this whole Ukraine situation? Where are we going to, toward with this? What's it leading to? What's the end game here? I mean, Klaus Schwab said himself... The struggle in the Ukraine between Russia and the Ukrainians will shape the world for the foreseeable future. The war in Ukraine, the aggression on Ukraine. This war is really a turning point of history and it will reshape our political and our economic landscape in the coming years. And when he said that, I'm like, why? What does that have to do with me? Why do I care about that? Why will it shape the world for the foreseeable future, Klaus? Why? And to me, it's only just one conclusion I lead to. In one way or another, this war is just only going to continue to ramp up. Whether the United States gets involved heavily and they start drafting young men to go overseas and fight in this godless war that has nothing to do with them and die... Or, worst case scenario, even worse, more worst case scenario than even that, complete nuclear ping pong match. Complete nuclear tennis match. Where we're exchanging missiles. And of course, I don't want to be doom and gloom. I'm just telling you how I see it. I'm just telling you what the trend looks like to me. Where this roller coaster seems to be heading toward. Because war escalation is only good for the Great Reset. It's only good for the globalist agenda. It's a distraction. It's a crisis. Crisis, crisis. You should never allow a good crisis to go to waste. It's more destruction. More money getting put into the pockets of the weapons manufacturers companies and the defense companies. I don't know what the hell they're defending. I guess democracy, right? Yeah, they're defending our democracy. This is a threat to our democracy. So we need to destroy Russia. We need to let them nuke us first, and then we'll nuke them back. And then, uh... Then you can really have a great reset. That's really hitting the reset button. Wiping it all clean. And then starting from scratch. And I've been seeing articles lately... 
as well that are introducing this idea of a nuclear attack to Americans. New York Times article, what to do if a nuclear attack happens. Other publications releasing articles, uh, where the most likely spots would be of a nuclear attack on America. They're slowly introducing this idea to you. And that's never a good sign. So don't sleep on this whole Ukraine thing. Don't think of it as an afterthought. Watch it closely. Look into it. Read articles about it. Follow it. Because things can ramp up very quickly. It can happen in the snap of a fingers. All it takes is a person to press one button. And now that brings us to our third little viral moment of this week. We talked about the Ukraine cult. We talked about the climate cult. We talked about the Hollywood cult. So you know I got to talk about the Vax cult, right? Vaccine. Here we go again. Neil deGrasse Tyson now comes out as one of the big vaccine spokesmen, salesmen, apologists, shills, whatever word you want to use. Mr. Science. Mr. Smartest Man on the Planet. I think whether whether it's Forbes or Time Magazine or one of these globalist publications, they named him the smartest man on the world, the modern Einstein. And that's the same people that call Zelensky the modern George Washington. So I guess that tells you everything you need to know about Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I don't doubt that the man is intelligent. He's a very well-spoken, he's very... um compelling in the way that he can explain away certain things and just basically just say science, 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 but say it in a way that is captivating and that can draw the attention of somebody and that can really convince somebody. Hmm, Maybe this Tyson guy knows what he's talking about. I have no idea what he's talking about, but maybe he does. So that's pretty much been Neil deGrasse Tyson's entire career, explaining the unexplainable, but still not explaining anything. Simply just props himself up and is propped up by other authority figures as the authority on science and intelligence and knowledge. So he's already appearing to you in this larger-than-life, more-human-than-human state. So then when he sits there and explains things that you have no idea about, You have no choice but to just nod your head in agreement because, one, you've been preconditioned that he is the top mind on the planet. And, two, he's going to speak in a very captivating way, in a very jargony, sciencey, word salad way about topics that you have no idea about so you won't be able to refute him. And, three... You'll take it just at face value and you won't go and seek knowledge for yourself. You won't go and try to debunk Neil deGrasse Tyson because you've already been conditioned from the start to believe whatever he says. So you won't go out there and do independent research. Do your own research. That's sort of the three steps. We see this with people like Fauci and Gates where they're just propped up without any prior context as... Just the blanket expert. Introduce somebody that is all-knowing and is under sort of this divine light of being the forefront mind on a certain topic. 
Have him explain things that the person that he's explaining to has no idea about what he's talking about. Then, thus leaving them in a state where they are not going to do the independent research for themselves. Whew. So Neil deGrasse Tyson was on a podcast where he really got into it with the host regarding the entire injection topic. The fake vaccine. And the host, Patrick Bet David, uh, who really sort of, good for him, he talks about the World Economic Forum, he uh, doesn't shy away from controversial topics. He really gave Neil Tyson the business, and Tyson really came across poorly in this exchange with uh, Patrick Bet David. And I'm going to play you the clip, and I'm going to interject, and we're going to break it down as we do here on Connect Those Dots. Well, your own body, your own body. Start. If you want to uh-huh. get an abortion, get an abortion. If I want mm-hmm. to get the vaccine, I get to choose. So you can't force, if, if I can't force you to get an abortion, you shouldn't be able to force because me to get Because it's the- not about you. It's about people you interact with, and that's the social contract. So right there, the first statement. You can just debunk it immediately. It's not for me, it's for you. That goes back to the whole, if I'm wearing a raincoat while it's raining, and you're not, I'm going to get wet. If your vaccine, if your injection, if your medicine works so well, and you took it, you should not be worried about what I do. I don't worry about what you do. You don't worry about what I do. You can take a million injections. Don't worry about if I don't take one. You can shower in the mRNA liquid if you want. Shouldn't by your standards, shouldn't by your logic, shouldn't your trusting of the science be that you're saved now? You you took it, you drank the Kool-Aid, you're good. But like I said, it's a cult. Join us. You cannot escape it. You must assimilate. And that is what Neil deGrasse Tyson just said. And he just totally discredited himself. Immediately discrediting himself. Disproving his own argument. Essentially saying that the jabs don't work. Because if you take them, you can still get infected. Because the guy next to you didn't take it. It's preposterous. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Let's go back into the, the clip here. We don't, we don't even know if the vaccine worked or not at the time. Yes, that's what the trials are, dude. That's why these trials, what, you, are you missing data out but, there? But so Neil pops off. Patrick Bet David says something completely legit, completely, it's known, it's in the lexicon already. It's mainstream news at this point that they didn't know what these vaccines were going to do, and they admit it. But Neil Tyson is inverting you. He pops off, he gets bombastic, he starts talking with his hands. Are you missing data? That's what the trials are for. No, dude, you're missing data. You're missing information. You are misinformation. Mrs. Information. Mrs. Tyson over here. Mrs. Information. What trials? Can you tell me about these trials? Can you tell me about these systems that you seem to know so much about? I'll play you clips right now, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Here's some information you may have been missing. Here's Dr. Eric Rubin of the FDA blatantly saying, we don't know what's going to happen to children unless we just give it to them and find out after the fact. Here he is on Skype saying it. 
we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. That's how we found out about rare complications of other vaccines, like the rotavirus vaccine. And I, I do think that we are going to, I, I do think we should vote to approve it. Bruh. So there's that clip. FDA board member saying, we just got to give it to people and see what happens. <laughs> so there's your trials. There's your testing. There's your system. Tyson, let's go on with Tyson. Let me ask you a question. Are we saying only one type of scientists are right? No, we're saying that the system in place. The 16,000 oh, that signed that. No, no, no. The, the system in place to test vaccines. Yeah. And what... Uh, Patrick Bet David is referring to there is the 16,000 scientists that have band together to speak out against these uh, against these jabs. Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Malone, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Bartlett, all these doctors, Dr. Simone Gold, doctors from uh, true scientists, real doctors, credentialed doctors, Dr. Malone, inventor of the mRNA. Dr. McCullough, the leading cardiologist in his field. Dr. Michael Eden, top science operations manager at Pfizer. Only retired a few years ago, just before they rolled out these jabs. That's real science. Do we just discount those scientists? Neil deGrasse Tyson, do they not matter? Because they don't agree with your so-called science? There's an entire system that's in place. That, that with review boards and all of this, yeah, the average that's in place. Now, you can say, you can ch what you can say is, I, I have a better idea than all these review boards and all these agencies and the CDC. I have a better idea. Here's what you should do. And that would have made everything better. Okay. You can put forth that idea. But what I'm saying is. And the CDC has just admitted that uh, people are getting adverse reactions. It's on the CDC website. It's all coming out. Tyson has now been completely eviscerated. Because this, this this podcast was from like a week ago. And so much has come out now about these jabs in the mainstream media, in the lexicon, from the same people that was telling you it's safe and effective, from the CDC telling you there are dire consequences. In a case where you can contaminate someone else, it's not about you. It's about the collective You're assuming. health. You're assuming. You're assuming because somebody can take the vaccine. Uh, won't get COVID, which, by the way, I don't need to play the clips for you to see it where everybody said, hey, if you get it, you're not going to get If you take the vaccine, you're not going to get a Rachel Maddow, Joe Biden. I can give you Fauci. I can give you fit. And you've seen these clips before. It's not like you've never seen it before. Yeah, yeah. What happened? They was were wrong. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. They cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Hold on. So, so, um, the strain evolved. So he gets caught. He gets completely cornered. He doesn't know where to go. He stops. He pauses. He short circuits. He glitches out. And then he just says the strain evolved. So by that logic, Neil Tyson, we're just going to continue to get jabs, huh? Because the strain's just always going to keep evolving. So where does it end? Where does it stop? It doesn't end. It just keeps going. 
And that's what they want. Do you think that we will every fall have to prepare ourselves for a booster shot with COVID just like we get a flu shot? I think so. I don't know what Neil deGrasse Tyson's stake in this is. I don't know who told him to have the viewpoints that he does. I don't know who coached him on having these certain talking points. I don't know why he's shilling so hard. He's not a toxicologist. He's not a vaccinologist. I don't know if he's sponsored by Pfizer. He's like he's like Bill Nye the science guy, essentially. But he feels so passionately about these jabs, and he was completely caught off guard, and Patrick Bet David, the podcast host, completely took him to task and embarrassed him. But I want to play you another clip. Neil deGrasse Tyson, if you're listening, I bet you're not, but I can dream. Let me play you this clip of your systems, of your review boards, of these three-letter organizations that you cherish so much and trust so much and put your life in their hands. Here's Benjamin Netanyahu. He's the leader of Israel, and he's just going to say it right here. Israel was used as a laboratory. With Albert Borla, we gave everybody mRNA. We, wouldn't know, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we gave it to them. He said this on Jordan Peterson's podcast. We experimented on Israel with mRNA through Albert Borla and the Pfizer Corporation. We came out of COVID first. I described that in my book, my conversations with Albert Borla, Pfizer. And I persuaded him to give tiny Israel... Uh, the, the necessary vaccines to get us out first from the COVID. And the reason I could do that is because we have a database, 98%, a medical database, 98% of our population has digitized medical records and little card. And anywhere you go in any hospital in Israel, north, south, doesn't make any difference. Boom, you punch it in and you know everything about this patient for the last 20 years. I said, we'll use that to tell you whether these vaccines, what do they do to people, not individual people, not with their individual identities, but statistically, what does it do to people with, uh, uh, you know, with uh, meningitis? What does it do to people with high blood pressure? What is it? You know, you want to know that. So Israel became, if you will, the the lab for Pfizer, the lab for Pfizer, the lab for Pfizer. But why stop there? Here's undercover video that Project Veritas got of two Pfizer scientists, undercover video, just blatantly saying that the vaccines don't work, that your natural immunity is better, that if you already had COVID and you healed from it, that you shouldn't take the vaccine, that it's going to mess with your immune system. Their vaccine isn't as strong as your natural immunity. We're like bred and taught to be like, like vaccine is safer than, than actually getting COVID. You cannot like talk about this in public. Your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. Your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. Your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. Actual scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson, what do you have to say about that? You don't have anything to say about it. Because just like all the people that I played for you before, all the Hollywood types, Zelinskis, the Sean Penns, Neil deGrasse Tyson, they are all beholden to a certain school of thought. It is a cult. 
and they are propped up there as authorities, as the utmost and only information source that you can look toward to get your knowledge from. So they'll never admit when they're wrong. They'll never come clean. They'll never capitulate to maybe a contrary school of thought and a way of thinking. Because a lot of things are at play here. Either they're in on it, they know that they're lying. They're compartmentalized and psyoped themselves. And they believe the lies. Or it's a little of both. Whatever way it is, we're dealing with cult members here, folks. And I don't want to sort of tread the same exact kind of talking points that I was making in the last episode with the whole cult word. But really, they all operate like a cult. Cannot question the science. Cannot question the climate change. Cannot question Ukraine. Cannot question the injections. Cannot question the LGBT. Cannot question the abortion cult. Or else you're against women. It just goes on and on and on. And the people that believe these things, if they start to have contrary beliefs, if they start to have critical thought, and they might recognize that the certain school of thinking that they've been indoctrinated through their cult isn't what it was all cracked up to be, the cult excludes them immediately. Just look at the whole trans movement. Any person that has transgender surgery regret, they're thrown to the wolves, they're excoriated, they're brutally and mercilessly ridiculed more than anybody by the trans community. So there's no remorse here. It's either they have your 100% obedience or they want nothing to do with you. But there's only one of two ways that you can go. Either you can awaken, you can be snapped out of your trance, you can be shaken out of your denial, you can face these unfortunate truths and accept them and adjust accordingly. Or you can be another lost soul taken by one of these different cults. But no matter which cult it is, they all lead to the same conclusion. Right, please, sir.